The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. In the South, it's always college football season and the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Southern Sports Today proudly presents The Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. A major shift in one aspect of college football should become obvious this September. And for once, it'll save fans money. It is the Chuck Oliver Show on a Thursday. We don't say that very often. It should be more convenient for fans, and it should save you a fair amount of money. Appreciate everybody getting in for the Chuck Oliver Show today. And matchups we have come to expect in week one neutral site paycheck games. Matchups we have come to expect taking place in Charlotte or Atlanta or Dallas. Those are starting to move to campus. And there's an interesting little twist there in that they don't actually have to be kickoff games if they're on campus because you don't have to worry nearly as much uh, about using an NFL stadium, which is where virtually all of these games are. Am am I wrong about any of those, the kickoff games? Uh, Orlando, that's not an NFL stadium, but but everywhere else where they have the kickoff games, I guess, Dallas, Houston, et cetera, uh, they're in New Orleans this year. All NFL stadiums. You get into the season, and teams start getting a little squirrely about that. And you can make it work, and and teams still do make it work. Uh, Pitt plays at Heinz Field. But most of the neutral site games, week one, sometimes week two, and then for the most most part, those things are done. A lot of those are starting to move to campus. Now, I will tell you that I absolutely value the experience of starting the season with the game when I said Charlotte or Atlanta or Dallas. I really value it about 80% more if you haven't played in those cities or even one of those games in a minute or two. And, And specifically, when I said that a major shift in one aspect, this is big. What has week one neutral site paycheck game been? What has that game been? It's usually been Alabama playing somebody, and it became a road show. Alabama week one neutral site paycheck games. have We've had Dallas. We've had Atlanta. We've had, I know, Orlando. Jacksonville? I don't think Jacksonville. They might have played Florida State back in Jacksonville about 12 years ago, but that wasn't week one. So, I don't think. So, they've gone on the road. Because they're a premier team, and promoters understand that given how much we have to pay, this is the economics. I'm going to use some round figures. Given how much we have to pay 
to pry Alabama. And I just use them as an example. By the way, you know who else has done this? Georgia's done it a bunch. Clemson's done it a bunch. A lot of teams want to do it. Because promoters realize to pry a premium team like Michigan away from Ann Arbor for week one when the weather's still nice and you can schedule whoever you want from the MAC and get a big dub and everybody's happy. To pry them away and bring them down to Dallas where, I mean, that was an like South Georgia, down home, get the axe handle from under the seat sort of thing. What Alabama did to Michigan um, to pry Michigan away, and then to pry Alabama, who Nick Saban knew he was going to win that game, to pry them away from a home game, a promoter may offer, I don't know, $5 million, $5.5 million. Okay, now we'll do it because the home game's easy. You know what we have to do for the home game? Nothing. We have to pay, let's say we'll go get, we'll go get Oregon State. And we'll pay them about $1.1 million to come down here and probably take a beating. But we don't have to go anywhere. We stay where we stay. We eat where we eat. We walk to the stadium. It's easy. And so to pry Alabama away from something like that, and by the way, I'm saying Oregon State, more likely McNeese State. But but let's just say whatever. And if it's McNeese State, do you know what you get to pay? Not 1.1 or 1.2 or 1.3. You pay like 600 grand because that win doesn't count for as much. That's the NCAA saying that. So to pry that away, I have to pay you like five, five and a half million dollars. And then Bama says, well, okay, yeah, we'll do that because we only make like three million on a home game. Again, round figures and they're way off. Byrne may be listening right now going, hey, I know what he's talking about. I I don't. I'm just going from like figures and stories at ESPN and AP. So the promoter had to overpay to get the game. So what does he have to do now? Overcharge for the tickets. And so even with dynamic pricing, we know what dynamic pricing is, right? Dynamic pricing is when, like Texas A&M, their game against Central Arkansas, those tickets are $56. Used to be, we got six home games, um, they're all $38, six times 38. That's not what it is. Dynamic pricing, Texas A&M may charge $56 to get into Central Arkansas. That Thanksgiving night thing versus LSU is 125 Even with dynamic pricing... Fans still win big with games on campus. Do you know why? Every year, I I worked this game some. I've done color on several of these, but the week one neutral site paycheck games because of the gargantuan amount that a promoter will have. That's all all it is, folks. It's a promoter. That's it. It's a business. It's it's, Chick-fil-A Bowl LLC, and we want a kickoff game too. It's Texas Bowl LLC, and we want a game in September as well. All it is promotion. That's it. How much do you make with a home game? About three million. Hmm. Well, how about four and a half? Oh, now we're listening. And then the promoter turns around, starts printing tickets, and even with dynamic pricing, making the LSU game cost twice as much as Central Arkansas. Raise your hand if you've been to one of these week one neutrals. You know you hadn't paid one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Not for the same seat in your home stadium versus a team like LSU. 
The tickets are basically double. The tickets are essentially double. So on campus is better for a lot of folks for a lot of reasons. And I mean, everybody who has has from the local lot that the Methodist church has where they got 58 spaces and for a home game, they charge $30. And that's a nice little take for the Methodist church. It's the Mississippi Southern Baptist. Um, But that's a nice take. That's good for them. It's good for the Applebee's. It's good for the place where you have quality wings. It's good for everybody to have that. Do you know how much the shopkeepers in Gainesville and Athens would love to get that game on campus? They had it in, was it 94 and 5, I think? Do you know how much they want to get that back? So that's good for them. It's good for the teams. It's good for recruiting. It's good for the fans, and I mean the fans' wallet. So, this September, things are different, folks, and it's not just week one anymore. Week one, Notre Dame at Ohio State. That game's supposed to be in Dallas, isn't it? It's in CBUS. Wow. Wow. That is a game supposed to be neutral site somewhere. Kansas City, here we come. Utah at Florida, West Virginia at Pitt, Cincinnati at Arkansas. You're not as thrilled with those. Now, there is still like Florida State versus LSU. That's in New Orleans. But week two, and this is the cool part when you're not dependent on, well, it's got to be a kickoff game week one. Alabama at Texas, Baylor at BYU, and that's been plenty good to be a kickoff game recently. Miami of Florida at Texas A&M. Penn State at Auburn, Oklahoma at Nebraska, Cal at Notre Dame. Give me, give me, give me. All of these on campus, folks. It's just fantastic. And it's extending deeper into September, so they're on all front-loaded week one and some week two. So it's a very positive change, and you benefit. We're going to break. Come back, talk to a good friend of mine, Kelly Quinlan from Jackets Online. That's next. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best.
the king of college football no matter where you go with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Downloaded now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. All week, all year, it's all college football on the Chuck Oliver Show. And... George Tech's program I have followed all my life. I, know, I didn't grow up a Tech fan, but I grew up outside Atlanta. And uh, I remember Sunday mornings early watching the Pepper Rogers show. If you don't know who Pepper Rogers was, and I have to say was because he passed maybe a couple years back, uh, go Google your computer, Wikipedia your computer, and find out about Pepper Rogers. Fantastic coach, uh, but also definitely a character. Um, but I would watch the Pepper Rogers show on Sunday mornings just because it was football. Um where that program is right now, I can promise you, they're what to cure what ails them, it ain't going to come from recruiting 25 high school seniors and then getting them in a weight room. That is not what's going to save Jeff Collins' employment. However, tech is a different sort of place. And the day before spring practice, flying a helicopter over the flats and just pushing out like 11 guys from 11 other division one programs that doesn't really work that it, it's a challenge anywhere it's really a challenge a place like george tech that is my opinion want to bring on a guy who is down there boots on the beach every single day he is the publisher for jacketsonline.com it's my good friend kelly quinlan kelly how are you brother i'm good chuck how you doing doing okay uh do i summarize correctly jeff collins does not really have enough time to bring in 25 high school seniors and develop them no, I mean, the clock's ticking. you got to win this year, and they need to really go to a bowl game too. I think, save his bacon. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, the other the other funny thing you talked about, you know, bringing in transfers, right? Well, the thing with Tech is most of the kids they have to take are either first or second year college kids or graduate students because of the way transfer credits work there and how difficult it is to get into school. So, yeah, they work from a little bit of a different pool than even a lot of other programs. And you, you look at who they take, and it's always freshmen, sophomores in college, or graduate students. Yeah, it's um, it's not just about 40 time and bench press. Uh, talking to Kelly Quinlan uh, from Jackets Online, let's, let's go big picture before we, you know, just kind of take a quick view of where it may go. How is this where the program sits after three years? Because I know we've talked about this before, but we're now, what, six days away from signing day opening again, um, where really a lot of the high school kids and stragglers out there are going to you know, finish off classes. How is this where he's looking around after three years? What, what went wrong? What went so wrong? Yeah, I, I think there were some coaching issues early on. To me, the ultimate issue was from day one, they brought in an offensive coordinator as a great guy, Dave Patnode, but I, I don't think he was good enough for the level and the personnel that they had, right? They were, you were coming out of the triple option. You needed to embrace running at least and be a more physical team because that was sort of what you were built to. And they kind of went with sort of, I would finesse is maybe not the right word for it, but it just wasn't like a match. You're trying to throw the football down the field, be balanced, which none of those things made any sense based on the personnel you had and the lack of a quarterback. And then, you know, this past year they had bad luck in some games, just couldn't finish. And, and, you know, we're a little bit of a young team trying to learn how to win games and they, they should have gone bowling. And instead they, you know, won three games again. So that's where I think the aggravation really lies too. It's not like, he came in and said, hey, you know, we're going to 
take four years to do this or we're going to take three years. His sales pitch was totally different. He just talked about we're going to return Georgia Tech to greatness and, you know, be a top 25 team, blah, blah, blah. He said that right out of the gate. He didn't really set any parameters. And so a pragmatic fan base like Georgia Tech <laughs> assumed that he meant he's going to win like the previous couple guys had done really since O'Leary turned it around. And that didn't happen. Jameer Gibbs leaves, and that is a very damaging specific, but it's also, to me, is a big-picture commentary. And I know what recruiting is. I mean, if there is another – and Jeff Collins, I'll give him and the staff credit. They knock on doors, and, and they get open. They get a lot of doors open that maybe weren't even being knocked on previously. Whatever. Good good for them. Um, I know what the recruiting pitch is from, from other teams. It's Jameer Gibbs. Did you see what – that kid just wasted two years, couldn't get out of there fast enough. Um, that's damaging to me in addition to the running and receiving and returning kicks. Yeah, you know, it sets a dangerous precedent, right, like to see a guy like that go that, you know, I don't think he changed his draft stock at all. Like he's he was going to be drafted, right, like whether he was at Georgia Tech or Alabama State or whatever, like it didn't really matter. He's a freak talent, right? And so – to me and from talking to Jameer and knowing people around him, the losing is what got to him more than anything. And that's why he left. And that's, you know, very squarely on the head coach. And, and that sucks for Georgia Tech fans and is frustrating to watch. And, and it also is a you know bad omen for college football when you have guys leaving, you know, you know, decent programs, good programs, maybe programs that are a little – not quite over the bar to go play at Alabama. That's that's not what you want to see. That's not, I think, what the intentions were for the transfer portal and these things and the NIL deals and all this other stuff to, to make the rich richer, and that's what we're seeing instead of kind of – I mean, you saw, you know, Alabama poached uh, Jermaine Burton from Georgia. Like, it, it's kind of crazy what's going on right now with the transfer portal, and uh, I, I just find this all kind of amazing, and it's it, just to me a little sickening to see some of the stuff that's going on just in terms of the game and and where it's headed right now and they need to figure that out too yeah i got scary news for everybody who's listening um we were talking about this earlier in the week i think jameson williams he didn't even transfer to bam until after the a-day game so if you think that it's just eli ricks and jameer gibbs and jermaine burton folks he ain't done yet he's coming for your best player um you're exactly right kelly appreciate it as always brother thank you ma'am Thanks, Chuck. All right, Kelly Quillen, Jackets Online. Yeah, Saban's not done, folks. And I don't know if it's one more, maybe just one more. Maybe he is done. Maybe he looks around and he was like, hey, you know what, there's a walk-on, and but maybe he's out of scholarships. But he has, that would surprise me, because you get the up to seven, and they've had 17 kids depart. So, or at least into the portal. Not all of them have left yet, but but they're in the portal and expected to. But, boy, he has replaced him with premium talent. Again, Pierce Quick, I don't know the kid at all, and I'm sure that he was an outstanding high school. Had to be. He got a scholarship offer to play offensive line there. Uh, but he never was really in the mix there. I, I don't I don't think. I don't remember him playing a whole lot. And so he gets great for him. He gets to go to somewhere where he walks in and they go, wow, look at that hardware. 
and he has been instructed correctly. And so he'll be a really good example. And he's got smarts from my understanding and all of that. And so it's great for him. It's great for Alabama, too, because it frees up a scholarship to spend on a kid like Jameer Gibbs. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY. And there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required. And they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. All week, all year, it's all college football on Chuck Oliver Show. Told you, needle scratch. I've been giving you bad information. At least it's bad now. Uh, I've been saying nine states, 55 sticks. Uh, welcome to the Emerald Coast down yonder, Florida, the Panhandle, Pensacola, Fort Walton, etc. Uh, we are now nine states, 56 sticks, talking college football every day. So I appreciate everybody putting that blessing in my life. Uh, seven and a half years. Uh, I opened the cabinet. There's food. It's because of college football. So thank you all for all of that. Our next guest, I think he can say the same thing. He, he flips the switch. The room gets bright because of college football. Uh, from the, the Auburn side on the Rivals Network site, it is my friend Brian Matthews. Brother, how you doing today? I'm doing good. And I, I don't know if you do this, but I, I cover a basketball school now. So, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. You're number one team in America. Um, <laughs> and I got to right. say, I have asked people who know far more about it than I do, um, are they national championship sort of good or are they, quote, you know, Auburn good? And I've been told, oh, no, 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 no. They absolutely – I've been told they're better than the team that played Virginia a few years back. I think from a depth standpoint, they definitely are. Um, definitely built differently. You know, they got the big guys inside where that 2019 team had that incredible – uh, guard tandem and was just an unbelievable three-point shooting team. Uh, but, you know, this is uh, certainly a team that has that ability to make a run in the tournament. One of the things that lacks, though, is experience. I don't think um, – I think maybe one of the guys on the roster has played in the NCAA tournament, I'm not mistaken, one or two. So that's going to be something that, uh, you know, we'll see how that affects them, you know, come March. All right. I have no clue about contract status or anything else, but I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Um, this is weird because, like, I'm an Auburn grad, and I'm transparent about that. And I'm also transparent. My school, we got dysfunction. We're weird. Um, and maybe the ultimate weirdness, 
is no one's coming for my football coach. There might be heritage hoops <laughs> programs coming for the basketball coach at Auburn. What What is the chance that Bruce Pearl gets poached? You know what I'd say? The chances are very, very slim. Uh, Auburn, in fact, is working on uh, giving him a, a, another a contract extension and giving him some other things to fill the upgrades that he wants. But um, I don't think Bruce is looking to get out. And I don't think he's really using, you know, his contract status or interest for the schools to leverage that into things he wants. I just think it's a situation where Bruce wants to be here. He's extremely successful. He's the best Auburn athletic hire since Pat died back in, you know, 1981 or 80, 81, I think. And I just think Auburn is willing to do whatever it takes to make sure he stays here. So I think both parties want to be here, and Auburn's going to do whatever whatever needs to be done to make sure it happens. Okay, now tell me, Chuck, big deal, uh, medium deal, no deal. Like, is this even worth asking about? Um, what is the standing, the status? I just want to fly over of Alan Green right now. That's really, really interesting because um, – a few months ago, uh, I expected him to be out by now, to be honest with you. Uh, they had brought in an outside party to help run things in the athletic department uh, beside him, you know, because there was some unhappiness, yep. uh, I guess, with some coaches and, and, and their relationship with uh, Alan Green. But he has managed over the last six months or so to um, sort of connect back with those parties to – uh, you know, bringing another guy in didn't necessarily usurp him, but it turns out that guy saw the same thing, things that Alan Green saw. So I think now they're working together to try to change those things and make that part better. So whereas I thought Alan Green was on the way out, now I think he's here for at least a little while. All right, now let's just get you and I. It's so much easier to talk about is the linebacker healthy. Will Papo play? Um, <laughs> Brian Harson, and obviously, you know, his ability to play nice with others, which I gave the ultimate disclaimer, Brian. I said, sometimes the table needs to be kicked over. Okay, I get it. Um, but there's a lot of really fine people that don't have any history that I'm aware of of being bombastic, or and those are people that are leaving the program. Um, as far as you know, was the initial 10 coach, assistant coaching staff, were all 10 hires, Brian Harson hires? They were, but I think, you know, he did go with the idea of bringing in guys that know the SEC and have connections here, et cetera, et cetera, right? So mm -hmm. it's his decision, certainly. But I think you're seeing now as he – uh, makes changes to his staff that he's hired more and more people that he has a relationship with. Not all. Yeah. I mean, he did hire Christian Robinson from Florida, who has really no connection to him or Auburn that I'm aware of before. Uh, you know, he interviewed him and hired him, bringing in Jimmy Brumbaugh, former Auburn defensive lineman, yeah. who I don't think they have a, a, a past connection either. So, uh, But he did promote uh, Jeff Schmetting to defensive coordinator. He does have his hand-picked guy at offensive coordinator, a younger guy, a guy he has. He sees as a future star in this business, but a guy that he can develop in his own system. So I think he, he does want those people in place right below him. They're going to do things exactly the way he wants them done. Is, is what you and I are talking about, his ability to play footsie, uh, is, is that a conversation around Auburn right now, or is it just me that's noticed this? No, I think it's a conversation. I think it's a conversation outside of Auburn, too, because when you look at Auburn from the outside, you see a successful – uh, actually a very successful defensive coordinator, Derek Mason, leaving and really, you know, not necessarily taking a job that's better than Auburn, right? But, yep. you know, I think that's just part of the process sometimes. You know, I think it can be viewed negatively, certainly, and you can make that case. 
But then again, I think Harson deserves to have his people in place and for his program to run. Is that the way he wants it run? And then he's going to sink or swim, you know, on the football field during the fall, you know, with those wins or losses. Who will be the best receiver in 2022, and is he oh, even on the oh. roster? Phew. Uh, I'm not sure he's on the roster, to be honest with you. I'll let you include you Shanker. Know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In that case, he is on the roster because Auburn is. That's the one position offense you can point to and say they're loaded with experienced, talented kids there. Um, but receiver, you know, they probably lost the best one, Kobe Hudson. Uh, he's transferred to UCF. They do have three freshmen coming in. Uh, I think two, maybe all three of them are going to play significantly this fall. And they are going to really hit the portal hard for a transfer rec- receiver or two. Uh, they missed out on a couple before um, before the uh, spring semester started. They got to wait and find somebody maybe after uh, spring practices. They're expecting more to pop in that portal. Of course, uh, guys have till May 1st to declare in the portal. And then they have, you know, right through until the start of fall practice where they can you know, be added to the roster. Last thing for you, um, Owen Popo, I saw he announced he's returning. Is that correct? Is my brain? Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. all right. Uh, this is what I – and literally, I can go back, Brian, and wrapping up, Brian Matthews, he from Rivals, covers Auburn, does a tremendous – been doing about two decades. Um, going back to literally his first game, that was against Oregon that night, correct? Yeah, that okay. is right. Uh, okay. True freshman, yes. Okay. True freshman, 18 years old, Um I said he's smart and he's fast. That's what I could tell that night against Oregon. Clear as day, really smart, really fast. That's kind of what he is now going into his final year, and he's even missed time, I know, missing playing time last year especially, but he's still really smart and really fast. Is he a superstar, or is he an experienced veteran who can run? Well, he did have that high ankle sprain, which really uh, ended the uh, second yeah. half of last year for him. Uh, and he's also one of the team's top leaders. He voted, um, you know, one of uh, two permanent captains on his team. So I think he's got a lot more to him than just what he does in the football field. But as far as a football player, I think I don't, I don't think he's a superstar. At least he hasn't shown that yet, right? Um, he's not a guy people are pointing to that's going to be a first or second round draft pick, uh, you know, in 2023. But we'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe a healthy year and another year uh, in the system will help him out. But he is a really quality SEC linebacker. Very important for Auburn as far as, you know, being a leader on the team, being in charge of that defense, making sure everybody gets lined up, and also a really talented player out there on the field. So uh, definitely an asset to have him back. Uh, I would just want, because there have been so many coaches that have come through, even in change at head coach, uh, how does Daniel Thomas go from literally, it's almost like, what a good kid, let's give him the last scholarship, to an NFL guy. How does Roger McCreary go from a good enough recruit to a first-round draft pick? Um, just talk about McCreary's experience, because I don't know that you can lay it on. He had this great coach for four years. That's not the case. Uh, what, just, how did that kid happen? Well, first thing with Roger, and, and this goes back to my 20 years of covering Auburn recruiting, there is no area of this country that I've seen more three stars come out of and turn into great players in the Mobile, South Alabama area. That player, that, that area is loaded with good players who tend to be undervalued, and Roger McCreary was just the, the next in line. A lot of those good kids that ended up in Auburn had great careers, and uh, uh, he works his tail off on and off the field, right? Got a great attitude. Wants to be great. And, of course, he came into high school as a terrific athlete. He was one of those kids that did everything for his high yep. school. And then once he concentrated on being the cornerback, he became a great player at Auburn. Who's going to be the next, the best corner in 22? Ooh, that's interesting. They get a transfer in D.J. James. Um, Is he one of the kids from Oregon? 
Yes, she's one okay. of three kids from Oregon that Auburn got coming this way. And, of course, Bo Nix went to Auburn. I mean, went to Oregon from Auburn. So uh, a little three-for-one trade. But um, uh, I think that's wide open. You know, I think DJ's got a chance to step in to be a starter right away. And they're going to have to have some other guys step up into that number one role. I, nobody strikes me as a clear number one cornerback yet. But they've had such a long line now of guys who have stepped forward. You know, going back in the draft, uh, two of them start for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so it's, it's been a great run of cornerbacks here, and, and we'll see who's ready to be next. Oh, uh, Davis and Dean. Uh, all right, well, enjoy hoops this weekend, brother. Appreciate your time. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Brian Matthews. Uh, like everybody covering Auburn, uh, six and two, and the conversation was SEC Coach of the Year. Um, then you weren't six and two anymore. And the conversation was uh, this. I don't know when this showed up on the menu. Hey, th- this was a quote. If Arson's going down, he's at least going to go down with his coaches. What? Huh? So that's that's where that went. Um, so I want to get Brian on. I'm glad that we were able to, uh, to at least kind of address some of this stuff. Because, again, I don't think it's been unfair at all. It's just been observations of, okay, a little bit more turnover, a little bit more turnover, a little bit more turnover. And just from a first-year guy that has been as solid uh, as Brian Harson has throughout his entire career, even as an assistant back when he was OC and then head coach at Arkansas State and all of that stuff, this was not where I thought – it would be the program. It would be January 27th, like a year into it. But like everybody else covering Auburn, after that was the football season, they turn around and go, Auburn's number one in basketball? Interesting, the comments there about Bruce Pearl. I know he loved Knoxville, couldn't stay, but uh, he's obviously not a guy from the Deep South, but really seems to kind of gravitate and want to plant roots uh, again, Knoxville kind of had to happen. Auburn, he doesn't have to leave. And so at least they got a fighting chance. I don't know about that. And the Alan Green thing that I wanted to ask him about again, that's a question that came up for me at the end of football or to me at the end of football season back Thanksgiving ish, I'm saying regular season was, Hey, how stable, you know, because Harson obviously it ended the way it did after the iron bowl loss. Uh, how, um, so there was conversation about Harson, and at the end of that conversation, I was told mm, they want to keep an eye on the AD as well. What? Well, that was two months later, and according to Brian Matthews, that he may have at least traversed those rough two months. So uh, a lot of intrigue for people outside the program, um, for people who send a check-in every year as part of the Alumni Association. It's not nearly as entertaining. Entertaining, that's not really the word I would choose first i promise all right so we're going to take a break come back wrap up our one next the winningest team in baseball also has the most saves and people who save the most money are winners so start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only ten dollars each these bonds earn a fixed seven percent apy and there's no fees penalties or minimum balance required and they can be redeemed whenever you like you can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. 
Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. to the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Burton is not Jamison Williams, but in his mind, hey, I can go and get me some of that, and I can certainly help my draft stock if I do a good job by being in a more sophisticated passing attack than from which I am been playing in. So that's the reason for it, pure and simple, nothing more, nothing less. Chuck Oliver Show, continuing hour one on Thursday. That was Chris Landry, hour one on Wednesday. Like yesterday, he was on the program with us, and that is what you can get bottom of hour one every single Wednesday. He's the number one guest we have, and we have, I think, like we got Rusty, we got Rusty Mansell. We got Rusty Mansell hour two. I was like 90% sure on that. We got Rusty Mansell hour two. Fantastic. Um, just great guests and experts and folks who know every brian matthews just now every single day and chris landry bottom of hour one on wednesdays is number one guest because he's done it all and has been doing this he's been he said his number he's been to 35 no i think 45 senior bowls like next week is maybe 46 or so um so he that's just what he does um so great stuff there from chris landry he's talking about jermaine burton going to Alabama and I'd mentioned that this when the news came down it appeared that was going to be the case last Friday and then it became signed sealed delivered and you know dipped the ring in the gold and there it is sealed so it became official and I said I get it there were Georgia fans who you know sometimes the snark or the not even the snark the comeback kind of builds itself and there were a lot of social media postings along the lines of think you'd have a lot more fun playing for the team that beat them to win a national championship than going to play for the losers that was so bill clinton while legally accurate it is misleading this is not necessarily about what's good think it'd be a lot more fun jermaine burton has transitioned and is now looking forward to being a grown man in the NFL. And so it's exactly what Landry said. Give me some of that. He mentioned that, that you know, on the way over to Alabama, what the experience is going to be different than in Athens. Yeah. 
He had more yards receiving than any other wide receiver last year. Brock Bowers led him in, I think, everything. Catches, yards, touchdowns. But but among the wide receivers, he had 26 catches. Jermaine Burton had 26 catches. And he was the leading receiver yards-wise. Maybe three touchdowns or so. Maybe. John Mechie was the second leading receiver, and he had 96 catches. Kirby's pitch to get George Pickens. I asked him at media days, 19, 20, 21, uh, summer 19. How'd you get George Pickens to flip? He's like, I didn't have any choice. Most people don't say that. An in-state five-star wide receiver who's been pledged to a big-time heritage program for over a year. The coach who, well, I didn't have any choice. I had to flip him. Well, okay, if that's – guys, did you not – Dan Mullen, you had to flip George Pickens. Did you not know that? Kirby's like, yeah, I had to flip him. How'd you do it? And I'd already heard this, by the way. And so Kirby, he gave a version of it, but he did not disrespect anybody and didn't really sh- you know, show these cards. But this is what I knew he was – I knew he'd done. You want to catch passes from a true freshman? I want to catch passes from a guy who's been in a national championship game. Or do you want to catch passes from a five-star recruit who is learning under this system versus that system? The motion, the motion guy, the fakes, the bootlegs, the all that. No, we do a lot more stuff that looks like what they do on Sundays. So part of the pitch was schematic. Gus didn't do himself any favors recruiting. I tell you what, he kept getting receivers somehow, but he didn't get George Pickens. Why'd you flip him? Oh, I had no choice. I had to flip him. And part of it was, do you want to catch passes from this guy or this guy? Don't you know that was Nick Saban? You would, he didn't have to compare anybody to Stetson Bennett if that's who you believe is the starting quarterback in 2020 you didn't have to compare anybody uh you didn't have to compare Bryce Young to anybody because Jermaine Burton had already left the program it wasn't that he's still deciding I'm in high school I don't know where I'm gonna go I've said Auburn but you know what it's a compelling argument maybe I'll catch passes from this guy instead of a true freshman even though we're best buds and go back Nick Saban you want to catch passes from a Heisman Trophy winner or him? Because you've already had that experience catching passes from him. And that's why you're in the portal. So you're looking for a better experience, right? Yes, I am. How about catching passes from my guy? Easy, 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 easy argument. Now. And that's Jermaine Burton again, and that was starting to happen Friday and maybe sometime over the weekend it became official. We talked about it on Monday. So that was Chris Landry talking about it yesterday on the program. I just mentioned this, folks. Do you want some super scary news, some super frightening news about Nick Saban? And I mean, like, really, really scary, like hide under the table sort of scary. Shh. Be real quiet. That sort of scary. Do you want some super, super scary news? He's not done with the portal yet. He's already gotten the best cornerback, in my opinion, in the portal. He's a freshman All-American. Already gotten the best corner. Already gotten the best running back, Jameer Gibbs. I think he's better than Zach Evans. Different player. 
different player. But, wow. So I think he's gotten the best corner and the best running back, and he got a really outstanding wide receiver. And here's something that I appreciate about Jermaine Burton. If he were going to leave Georgia, do you know why it kind of makes sense? And it's a great program. Stay there five years or six. Be a super senior. But do you know why it makes sense? That if he were going to leave, he wouldn't have gone to Alabama? He would have gone home. That's what makes sense. And do you know why I make – like you can kind of figure, okay, I see him leaving. Well, oh, you just said it's a great program. It is. But do you know how you see him leaving? Because they did win the national championship. He did get all the hardware you can get. He's got it. He's a national champion, the biggest, fattest ring that exists. He got it. By the way, he didn't transfer to Tulsa. He transferred to a place where he can get a whole lot more hardware. Like, do you realize worst case scenario, worst case scenario, for Jermaine Burton for next year is like you get an orange bowl ring. But he's not after hardware because he's already got it. He's not, not after. He would like to win a national championship. Already got it. He's not after. I want to play in a big stadium. There are players. I'm leaving Miami of Ohio. Where are you going? Texas. Ooh, 102,000. Why? I want to play in big stadiums. Jermaine Burton playing big stadiums. He's going over there to build a better resume for his pro day after the 2022 season. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.